0: All right, we're now live, so that this can go out around the world. Really, you are.
1: Where, where are we on
0: the... <laughs> so we're going to be in Ephesians today, and then we're going to... Uh, we'll do our evangelism plan at the tail end of this. Is that okay? Uh, everybody, wants uh, want you to meet two of my dearest friends from... Uh, I met them, I guess, six or seven years ago. I don't know, something like that.
1: Will and uh, Sam's Wedding.
0: Yes. And, uh, in fact, you directed it, didn't you, Donna? Mm -hmm. At the Bowman Center. Mm -hmm. And the first time I had been in there, and and, uh, I know Sam's mom called some good friends of her grandmother. But I did their wedding, and that's where I met them at. And then they started coming to Forest Grove and so how long have they been married I don't know but it's been a while anyway five years. wonderful couple right here and uh, we were at the fair selling that stuff because of her kindness and her sponsorship of this ministry oh, and part of that results Donna today we was able to help a couple of families pay some bills today that didn't have Money, so I pull from that account to help them. And so it's it goes more ways than just saving for a building. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, God is on the move. I don't know what He's going to do with us about the building yet. Um, we seem to run into a stumbling block deep, and so. That's not going to materialize. The The owner of the building came in today. I couldn't tell him yet, so I will uh, put it in writing for him that uh, he may have to look for another buyer then unless the Lord comes through. Okay? In uh, the meanwhile, we keep on doing what we're doing. Thanksgiving, we're helping to feed 150 to 200 people. We already got a request for 40 meals right off the bat today for Thanksgiving and we have a family already donated seven turkeys already so God is already starting working it Um, when Shelly comes back she can operate the computer I guess no Matthew come on up you know how to do it you and Aiden Mm -hmm. and uh, Vernon y'all supposed to be up here it's Bible study time come on guys Mm -hmm. at this time we'll ready it open in prayer One of the things that we did last week is that we finished up with the book of Galatians. Beautiful book. If you read, Paul wrote 13 letters. So he wrote to 13 different churches. Of all the churches that he wrote to, this is the only church that he didn't identify a problem with in his letter, the letter to the Ephesians. Um... Of all the churches that he visited, the Ephesian elders probably were the most heartfelt group of men because when Paul told them that they were not going to see his face anymore, they wept like babies. And uh, he gave them a stern warning, though, uh, protect the church, protect the church, because there are going to be dogs that's going to creep up in the church and they're going to attempt to destroy the flock from within. That hasn't changed in nearly 2,100 years of church, uh, 2,000 years of church existence. You still have that problem. People coming in and want to have their own agendas, destroying the house of God. But you really can't destroy the house of God, but you can destroy people's, you know, their morale. You, you, you can't take their faith away from them but you can certainly dampen the spirits. And so, but we have to be very careful, very careful how we teach. Tonight, what we're going to see from the Holy Spirit is that in this teaching, you're going to see Paul bring out a gamut of things in his teachings. One of the things that he really highlights is God's grace in this cha- in this particular book. Why or why? Let's let's put it in today's terms where we can understand it. Why is Chuck saved? Why any of us saved and Paul Paul is going to tell us why especially in chapter 2 The other thing that he encouraged you and I in the opening statement of this letter Is that he wants people to be filled with the knowledge the wisdom and understanding of God and Christ? That's the whole Purpose of the church is to teach about God and about Jesus That's his emphasis here with the church The next big thing is that a lot of his audience here that he has targeted in this letter Are Jews as well as Gentiles and he also knows the contention that's between the two groups of people Because you know, you always have Israel and you have what Gentiles and the two doesn't get along very well and Paul addresses this in very much detail and explains why the two men will become one only through the blood of jesus and how jesus death on the cross tore down that dividing wall that separated gentiles and israelites by making us one in christ jesus and i think we have a lot to learn from that especially when it comes to denominations the other thing that he lays out in this book that's very, very important to grab a hold of What is the purpose of ministry? What is the purpose of ministry? He will detail in this letter a thing called the fivefold ministry And then that we typically call those fivefold ministry apostles Those are the sent out ones Next prophets Those are the ones who tell what God does said the Lord, right? and then you have pastors those are the shepherds in that you will see that there's no different differentiation between a shepherd and a pastor it is the identical greek word for pastor and shepherd and then the other thing that's really on the heart of paul also is evangelist and our word evangelism comes from a latin phrase that, that came out of the greek word you uh, angelos means good message, okay? And the Latin came out with evangelism, which in English evangelism Okay, and then The other part of that which called the fivefold ministry The tail end of it all is teacher Someone has to take the time and teach the gospel you can preach the gospel because that's what evangelists do but at times you got to sit down and you got got to examine every word as um, King Solomon wrote in the Ecclesiastic precept on precept line upon line okay the word of God has got to be dissected and it has to be digested classic example that we see of that when the children of Israel the Southern kingdom called Judah came out of captivity from Babylon. Remember, God sent them into captivity for 70 years. And when they got back, what had happened is one group that remained in the land stayed with the Hebrew heritage for its language. Well, when the other group went to Babylon, they picked up a dialect called Aramaic. Both are what we call Semitic languages, different dialects. So when Ezra is described, got up to read the word of God, guess what? There were certain amounts of people in that crowd didn't understand what he was saying because there were two different languages. So what they in turn did to correct that is that they had people who understood both the Hebrew language and the Aramaic, went and explained to those in the crowd what Ezra was preaching. And we would call those people who were explaining teachers. And that's still applicable today in the church. Okay? And then we'll see in chapter five of this particular book a very hearty message. And he used the illustration of a of a bride, Jesus being married to the church. And he talks about marriage in that. And it talks about how. Jesus protects the bride by the washing of her in the word of God, okay? Because he's coming back for a church that doesn't have a spot of rancor or blemish. We will go in detail later on what those three things mean in this particular book. The other thing that we will look in this book, in that same chapter, that same context, is that the church is like a husband and wife being married. And how the husband is to treat the wife as Christ treats the church. And guys, that's a very, <laughs> very critical message to men. And I often use that uh, particular passage of scripture and premarital counseling that I would do. And then the last part of this book is chapter six, where Paul summons up what the whole Christian walk on earth what you're going to encounter. What he's going to explain in chapter 6 is what Jesus had said when he was up in a place called Chazer Philippi when he took the 12 disciples in a place that was 25 miles north of Capernaum. And he began to ask the question, and you see this in Matthew chapter 16. And he asked a question there in verse 15. He said, Who do men say that I am? And remember the various answers that they gave? And then when Peter, under the anointing of God, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. King James gives it so poetic. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And of course, as Lord Jesus really encourages Peter, he said, Peter, son of Bajona, He said, flesh and blood did not give you this answer, but my father was in heaven gave you this answer then he said again King James very poetic about (coughs) doing this part says that thou art Peter upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell or the Greek word there is Hades shall not prevail against it very important for you and I to understand that statement especially in this particular book in this book in chapter 6 Paul is going to tell you and I that we we fight not against what? Flesh and blood. What does that mean? That means there's a whole new world out there that you, Mr. Mrs. Christian, don't know about, and it's called the spirit world. And they're very much alive and very much real and want to destroy you. And most of the battles here on earth are fueled by that other world called the spirit world. And in that, he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against what spiritual wickedness in high places and he's going to detail that i mean line by line he's going to go through that and one of the analogies he's going to use to explain how we're to fight this unseen world is he will use the armor of a roman soldier and in that he will describe what that armor is and he calls it the armor of god and i will take and show you when jesus met satan in the wilderness he actually was wearing the armor of god and so a very powerful powerful book again it's not a church that seemed to have problems at the time that paul write. but uh, many years into the future we will see john on the island of patmos as he was taken to heaven by the spirit of god jesus told him to write a, Write down because he had a message for seven churches. And the first church on the list was the book of, I mean the church of Ephesus. This is that same church. Okay? That's described in Revelation chapter two there. And so some good stuff that's gonna roll out of here today. So that was the introduction part of this book to you all. Um, I probably of all the books in the Bible in the New Testament. This is probably the one that really say this is what the Christian life is supposed to be. okay? And a question so far, I tell you, daughter here, we will do what we call expository teaching on the scriptures because I don't give you what Sammy Nelson says, I give you what the Word of God says. okay? And a question before Ms Vicky starts off in prayer today. You're up today. You're number one today. in the shoot. Will you begin us in prayer, please?
1: Lord, we just come together tonight to study your word. I want you to enter Sammy and let his word be what your thoughts speak to him Father. He's an open vessel Help us to understand and grasp and take to heart these teachings that are coming forth out of your word. Help us to love the word of God more than ever. And fall in love with you, Father, more than ever. So that we can be a light in this world. And that as we go about our daily lives, we're showing Jesus. Yes,
0: Mm-hmm. And you all wanna pray to no. work on your father? Damn it. Good. Shelly, close us up.
1: Lord, I just wanna I wanna ask for healing of all these little babies that have been sick. Let them go back to school. <coughs> get better. Um I just asked that you be with um a new baby that was born, the her, and her grandma, Biggie. be with them and touch them. Let them know you're there. Everything's going to be okay. And please give the teenagers the, the new teenage voice and guidance. Just, just fill them up with your spirit and, and show them how they're supposed to live their life. Just guide them. Them down your power, protect them from everything
0: else, Jesus' name. Father, give me wisdom to speak your word as the Holy Spirit gives it to me and we want the world to know that Jesus Christ is the only way in which they could be saved. No right. other religion on earth matters except that they place their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his suffering on the cross and his death and resurrection. Father, thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming. Now, Lord, speak your word now. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, last week we did the introduction portion of this. I'll go on the King James side. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Every person that is uh, ordained in these letters are sent by God. And the word apostle comes from the Greek word apopolis, which simply means to be or apostolis, I'm sorry, means um, to be sent out. It's kind of like an a emissary or an ambassador in today's term. Okay? And he said that he was commissioned by God to go out and preach the gospel for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his credentials. Okay? Then he goes on to tell you and I that to the saints which are in Ephesus. Interesting part here that the Greek word there for sink it's in the plural form. It's the same word, root word for holy, okay? We call it, in the Greek, as hagias. Hagias is the word for holy, okay? So, then he goes on to say to you and I, which are in Ephesus, so he's identifying his target audience as being the people in Ephesus. There's no doubt about that. To the... To the faithful in Christ Jesus, I wonder why did he put that small phrase there, Donna? Why did he put "to the faithful that are in Christ Jesus"? Why do you think he put that there?
1: <laughs> wanted to listen.
0: Yeah, because uh, everybody in the church are not what they're—they're not, they're not faithful. But we know that there's a remnant in every congregation that love the Lord Jesus Christ, love God with all their hearts. Okay, one of the things that I read. Last night about King David, and from time to time the Spirit would take me to Psalms 37. And I was sharing this with someone uh, this morning. David said to God, and David, we know, was a man that was out of God's own what? Heart. So David said, though I fall, and the Hebrew word there for fall means to sin. He said, though I fall, and, and, and to make it even more specific, uh, uh, Specific uh, Deacon Amelia. He said do I stumble and fall. You will hold me by my Hand. What does that mean for you and I? That's very crucial That means God knows that no matter how righteous you are In this flesh you're subject to what? Stumble and fall, stumble and fall. okay, and it's pretty important because in this particular book in this particular book Paul is going to emphasize a thing called grace. And grace is the favor of God. The same thing that the angels told the shepherds abiding in the field that night in which Lord Jesus was born. Towards their glory to God. in that song, that great poetic song that they gave from the heavens. They said, goodwill on earth and peace towards men. But did you know the rest of that? was not translated by King James translators. The rest of that, it says whom God favors, okay? And it's not just a blanket thing. That means God has to choose every one of us and through Jesus Christ. That's why John 3:16 once again, is another misunderstood verse. For God so loved the world that he did what? What's the next phrase? Whosoever, whosoever is a bad translation. Here's what it says: He, and you can put the female pronoun there. Not whosoever. He, he, soever believes. Okay, what what does that mean? He made it very specific and very direct. Okay, it's not a blanket thing. You have to purposely choose to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust him with your life. In this book, we're going to see that over and over again. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Uh, WC, you remember what grace is? Favor. It's the name, Kara. Okay? Right here, Chira. And then he tells us, Chira is the word for grace in verse 2. I wish I had something to point with. I used to have a punter, but kids got a hold of it, and it's no more. Uh, And then, Irene is the Greek word for peace. So you got two ladies' names. You got Chira and you got Irene. So, grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Sum it up, Shirley. Favor from God, peace from God. The twin sisters, they go hand in hand. Never separated. Okay? Blessed be the God, and here's the part that, that blessed is the same ones that are in the Beatitudes. Remember Jesus' first, very first sermon on the mountain in Matthew chapter 5? And remember how he starts out, blessed is the poor in spirit. The same Greek word that's used there, blessed. That means in its finest, finest definition, happy are you. Happy are you. Okay? It's something else that when God lifts pressure off of you by Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace of God comes in you, happiness is another way to express what? Joy unspeakable. Something that deep within your spirit. Joy does not come out of your flesh. It comes out of your spirit. Which comes directly from the spirit of God. Okay? We have to make the connection. The other other part of this Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We talked about that. There's a great big realm up there called heaven. All right. It's a place in which demons cannot go and take your blessings away. They can try to stop the blessing, but they cannot stop The blessing Paul himself even said that he attempted to go to the folks in Thessalonica, but Satan hindered him So the enemy can temporarily block you, but they cannot stop You cannot stop you remember Daniel was praying for 21 days And his prayer was not being answered until the 21st day this great angelic being showed up And they said look I would have come sooner, but these 21 days, the Prince of Persia withstood me. What does the word withstood mean? Wow. He was fighting in a fierce battle because God had already answered Daniel and he was sending the messenger. Do you know who this messenger was? about having an idea? It was Gabriel, the same one that would go to Mary a few hundred years later into the future. He said, I was on my way, but I was in lock. I was in a heated battle. And nobody helped me except for your leader or your prince. What did he call his name? Michael. And when Michael showed up, the battle turned. Hello. <laughs> Michael, bad dude. OK. Why? Because Michael is commissioned by Jesus. Jesus Christ created Michael. And Satan cannot, as bad as Satan think he is, read Revelation chapter 12 and see who kicked his butt out of heaven. It was Michael. At the command of God, Michael kicked Satan. Out of heaven. Well, Jesus is sitting on the throne and he's watching all this take place, but that's just a whole new subject. That's just a side note for you. Now, verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that goes hand in hand with Romans eight twenty nine whom he foreknew, he also did what? Predestined. To do what? To be conformed to the image of his son, so that what? what That Jesus would be the first firstborn among many brothers or sisters. Okay? So, in, in a short reality way, you can say that Jesus is also your brother. Our brother, because God is our Father. Father. Okay? So, Paul is saying to you and I, listen, people, long before you were created, God knew you. God had done something for you. And you remember reading in Genesis chapter one verse twenty six, and he said these words. He said, "Let us make man in our image and in our likeness." That was a that was God' divine council meeting, so that He could create you and me. And He was telling the Son and the Spirit, "This is how we're going to create them. We're going to create them just like us, but except they're not going to be gods." Okay. And that's some awesome stuff because when you read in, um, in Psalms eight, he said, what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than the angels and given him what dominion over the works of your hands. So who was supposed to be in charge of this earth man? Okay. Even though that's a prophecy for the Messiah, yet it refers back to the human race. Good stuff coming from the word of God. Let's go on the NIV side, give those folks that read NIV a chance here to catch up. (laughs) All right, little Sammy human, you didn't catch it, Chuck. So for who he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in the sight and what? And in love. So that meant as much as it had grieved God's heart, when you read in genesis chapter 6 verse 6 and said that in a grieved god that he had created man on the face of the earth right and on that day god hearts were broken but even before that a few hundred years before that adam and eve had did what they had gone into the garden of course that's where they lived and they had partake of the fruit from what tree
1: yeah.
0: Okay, the uh, the forbidden tree. Good and evil. There you go. I want you to track with me. And in that moment, (coughs) let's take and make a connection here for a second. Because this letter, the letter is a full puzzle that has intricate parts that has to be put together. Little pieces of the puzzle must come together so that you can see the big picture here. What Paul is giving you and I is an old theology, otherwise other words, an old understanding of God from many hundreds of years earlier, okay? Very clever writing. And so what he says here, Donna, is said, look, What took place in that garden really broke the heart of God. But even though it broke the heart of God, back on up when Moses was looking at creation from God's point of view, and God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, God knew that there would be a fall in the garden, that man would disobey him. God knew also in future times that he would have to destroy every human on earth except for what? Eight. And then even after that, man would still become progressively what? Worse. And then eventually God knew also. Now, kick the word eventually out of there because God knew already. Um, He would have to send his son, Jesus. Jesus. But not like an angel, as a spirit, now did he? He would have to send him like what? Like Like one of us, flesh and blood. That's why what Paul wrote in his letter to Timothy, he said, uh, God was manifles- manifested in the flesh, okay? Can somebody grab my bottle of water? My mouth is getting kind of dry. That's why I'm stumbling over my words there. Um, so, Chuck, you can jump in here a minute and ask questions, okay? Because I'll get the rambling, but this is your hour. This is, this is your moment. This is our time to grow together. Thank you. So, God wants us to be holy. Well, what does that mean? That doesn't mean you move from next door of your neighbor who's still in sin. Okay? It doesn't mean you close your business up because there's a bad shop next door. He just say where you are, be different. Where you work at, be what? Different. That's what holy means. You set yourself aside away from living like the rest of the world and show the world that you belong to Jesus. Okay? I remember one time in a multi-man uh, recruiting office in Baltimore, I was the only saved person in there, and boy did they put me through pure hell. <laughs> but you know what? I had to stay be steadfast and unmovable, all right? That's holiness. That's what God has called you and I to be. And you're gonna see folks like that, God never told us, oh, go live on another planet now because you're no longer part of them. No. Show them what true love is. Remain there and love them and bring them over to him. Amen. Um, so we want you blameless. That means uh, that's, that's a pretty important word. That means on the day of judgment, when, when the scrolls are brought out, And the heavenly scribes are about to read what they had documented throughout your life. There will not be anything there to indict you. Because there is one iota there that would indict you. You're going to the lake of fire. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has washed away all of our sins. And Paul letter that's next over from this book in the book of Colossians. He said that he took the ordinances that was against us or the letter that was written against the other words, the indictment and he nailed it to the tree with him, otherwise to the cross. So that on the day of judgment, God doesn't see a charge against you because Jesus took that charge to the cross with him, unto himself. Unto himself. So it doesn't exist anymore for those who place their trust in him. Amen. So that's why that's how you and I are going to be blameless. Okay. So in his sight, in his sight is, is is, folks, I can't stress this enough. In Revelation chapter 22, it tells you and I these words that we're going to look upon his face, that we're going to see God face to face. Yeah, that's what it says remember that was Moses biggest request from God in Exodus chapter 33 he said show me your face yeah show me your glory I want to see you and God said no one can see my face and live but in Revelation chapter 22 God tells us through the writing of John that you're going to see my face and not die now that's awesome all because of God's Son Jesus all right. Muhammad can't do this Buddha cannot do this Confucius cannot do this new world order cannot do this None of the mystical stuff or the eastern religions none of this of a separate claim religion or inner atheist No one can do this for you the only one but Jesus that's why it's important for you and I to understand this true fact that the God that the Muslims serve cannot be the same God that Christians serve because the Muslims say God doesn't have a son so he can't be the same God because the God of the Bible says God has a son and his name is Jesus those are the known facts folks so Again, in verse 5, he tells you and I about the predestined. Uh, that's the second time we see that, so it's pretty important. Usually in Hebrew language, it's something mentioned twice, Chuck. That means pay attention. I mean, God is speaking, and we call this emphatic, Tamara. When you see something emphatic, that means pay attention to it because God is talking to you. So that means that God intentionally laid your life out and my life out. You and I are not an accident to God. And there are no coincidences with God either. Everything is predetermined by God before the foundation of the world. So why is it important that you see and understand this first statement here? He had predetermined or predestined us to be adopted as his children. Just as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, he said that, we were adopted as sons, whereby we cry, what? Abba, Father. That's pretty doggone important to know that you can go to the throne of grace, to the God of the universe, and look at this the most powerful being in all existence and say to him, Father. And he says to you, daughter, or to me, son now how much better than that can we have it it doesn't get any better than that and you look and i look at certain class of people in our lifetime and we say god chose that one god chose them and it's god remind us i chose you okay That makes us all equal then, in that respect, because Jesus went to the cross for all, making a level playing field for salvation for all mankind. Okay? So, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons the Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now, God, by Paul there, just showed us a little bit of his emotions. His pleasure and his will. The language that is given there is a little bit, this, little bit of the same that John wrote over in, in John chapter 1 in verse 14. In fact, in verse 12, he said that all who believe in him, he has given them the right to become children of God and then the next verse in Acts is verse 13 not 14 he said but not by the will of man of will of the flesh What does that mean Donna? You and I had nothing to do with why God sent Jesus to make us his children We had no input It was all God and God alone Okay And so I don't care how much people want us to believe in human efforts The goodness of man is only foolishness in the eyes of God. You and I can't be good enough. If that was true, then Jesus would have never had to go to the cross. All right. What's the time, someone? All right. At 7 o'clock, I want to start the evangelism plan, and you're welcome to stay for that part. Uh what it is we're going to talk about how we're going to witness to this city to get folks saved. It's pretty important. Alright, Miss Tamara, verse 6. I want to look at it in your Bible and I want you to tell me why is verse 6 has a connection with you. Y'all follow along in verse 6. As she's pondering on my question for the answer It says here and I'll go to the New King James size for those who have it to the praise of his glory Of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved <laughs> Kind of weird way of writing that according to our grammar layout however uh, you you need to look at clues there. There's some, some significant clues that, that that will help us unfold this this statement, Miss Donna and, and Tamara. What's some of the things that you see that that connects your heart with God?
1: Accept it.
0: Accepted. What else?
1: Jesus is the only way.
0: Jesus is the only way.
1: Forgiveness.
0: Okay. All right, so how is Jesus described in verse 6? There's one word there beloved. Beloved. Now, where do you first see that mention Jesus called God's beloved in the Bible? Huh? When he was baptized, you own it, Deke. Because when God made that great proclamation, he says, This is my Beloved beloved son, okay, in whom I am. Well please. well, please. Well, do you see the word please in that same context? It's there. And so the works that Jesus would do, even before he had done any of those works, God said, this is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And so one of the things I want you all to do real quick, I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 53. And look at verse 11. Isaiah 53, verse 11. What is very refreshing? It reminds you of the Spirit of God. So, Isaiah 53, verse 11. Isaiah 53 verse 11 Anyone of you can read that out Once you get there Let's just give everybody else Just a moment to get there It's right. We can actually put it up on the screen But I want you to practice Using your Bible No you have to go up Matthew Down one No up one right there. Chapter 53. Alright, I want to teach you something here as a side note. Someone read that out loud. Doesn't matter what version you have. Was... Verse 11. loud, Loudly, Michaela, please.
1: Out of the anguish of his soul, we shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall the righteous land...
0: Only verse 11, okay?
1: Make any to be accounted righteousness. Okay. Still never. Good? Any shall bear their in
0: this. Yes. Now, thank you, sweetheart. That's my baby who just read that. Jesus. Even though he suffered The greatest pain, excruciating pain that a person could suffer. Do you know what Isaiah 53 verse 11 tells you and I? It tells you and I that God's son looked beyond the anguish of his body being battered. And he saw the results of you and I being saved in the kingdom of God. And as he looked and seen the saved people, it made him Glad. He was satisfied that he had gone to the cross because of what the results would bring. Okay? It made him happy, Chuck, that he would die so that you and I could live. And he would see that results even though he carried our burdens, the burdens of our sins upon that cross. That's what the last part of that verse says and so salvation is much more than being saved from fire the wrath of god salvation involved that the heart of god's son was made happy that he came to save us and for me that's huge even though we had to go through a terrific thing yet the outcome the final result is he said of all that I just went through, it was worth it. Because look at the results. And the results are us. That's what that, you know, this was written 700 years before he came to the earth. And that's what he was looking at. Now tell me that's not powerful. Mamas, of any person on earth, mamas understand this part. When those child labor pains hit you all, you know it was about to get ugly. And for the next several hours or however long of a time that you all was in labor, the suffering of that pain, and when that baby started breaching the birth canal, the pain that hit your body was almost unbearable. But yet, once that child passed through that birth canal, even the pain still lingered some, when you laid eyes upon your child, you knew it was what? Worth it. Worth it. That's us. We call Jesus birth pains. And he died at birth, giving birth to us. But God raised him from the dead. And now he looked, And he has a family in Hebrews chapter two. He's going to go to God and says, these are the children that you gave to me. That I can't wait to that day for all of us, millions upon millions throughout the last 2000 years and not discounting the ones before that, because he had saved folks before he hit the cross. They were included in the number on the cross, everybody. And what he did in paradise, we don't know the full story, do we? Because even though Abraham didn't see him, the word of God says that Abraham longed to see his what? His day. Jesus would later tell the Jews in, in John chapter 8. He said, Abraham desired to see my day. And that's when they really got mad at him. and said, this man not even 50 years old. And he's saying that Abraham desired to see his day? And then he gave them the greatest revelation knowledge up to this point that any human had ever heard from him. You know what he said to him, Chuck? He said, before Abraham was, I am. The same I am that he said to Moses at the burning bush. Amen? In other words, Abraham is just a, a... I don't know how you would say it when it compared to G- Jesus is eternal. That's all you can say, and that would sum it up. It was just a second in time. Okay, just a second in time, but Jesus is eternal. Yeah, yeah. And boy, that really infuriated the Jews when he said that. And so, he just spoke truth to them. And uh, do you all see now, if you really take your time and dissect the scriptures... Word for word, line for line. Do you see all the Old Testament written in the New Testament? And that's why I really don't like others say, well, you really don't need the Old Testament now that you got the New Testament. Are you kidding me? How are you going to understand what you've just read if you don't know what the old stuff is? And a lot of the old stuff have not yet been fulfilled. Someone was telling me earlier about prophecy. You see, Bible prophecy is being fulfilled right now. Something amazing just happened in Israel. You can close your Bibles. We'll stop here on this verse. And then we're going to other teaching. But I want to give you a nugget here. That I don't know if Shelly sent it to me or you sent it to me. A video that was, no Chrissy did, that was taken in Israel. Did you see it Donna, trumpets. but the trumpets did you know that the time in which they sent that was a feast of trumpets in Israel? The feast of trumpets just happened not long ago. Yeah. And when I asked I said, Chrissy, where was this taken? She said, in Israel. I said, when? And she told me, I said, during the feast of trumpets. That's one of the signs that Jesus told us to be looking for. Today we'll see signs in the heavens. Let you and all know that things are lining up. Get ready. He's about to come home and get his children. Amen. Amen. Any questions?
1: Yeah, can you uh send that to me? I
0: have to go back and look at it and see if I have the link. Uh, if not, I know Chrissy has it because she was the one that posted it. And I don't know how you've seen it, but.
1: I don't remember where I.
0: But it was awesome. So, do you see now in this particular book, this letter that Paul is writing to this church, he's opening up so much information to them? So much And to God be the glory All right Let's go into the other part and while we're here What If I no, no, just let it play right there. I may have to go and pull this portion up uh, Put it on the screen Right? It's actually uh, let me let me just bring it up on the screen because it's the sin in, can you come by me matthew you can actually go and sit down I, i'll just teach from here about it <laughs> uh i'll be a stinker today chuck chuck and his wife was so wonderful to us at the fair mm-hmm. and uh, i tell you is that is that big enough can everybody see that oh, yeah. All right. I wrote this as part of my doctoral studies. In fact, it was written before that. Uh, I wrote it as a plan for First Baptist Church. And yes, that's it. The the actual plan itself is about 15 pages longer. Uh, What I did, you all just have the overview portion and that's the part that I'll, I'll go over with you. All right, area canvassing, when I was in, actually that's a army recruiter term, canvassing. We used to call it area canvassing whenever we would go into our zip code area, the areas that was signed to us as recruiters. And I had the largest area in the city of Baltimore. And uh, area canvassing means that you, you go out into your area and you knock on doors house to house and i used to knock on anywhere from 70 to 90 doors a week that's a lot of houses and talk with people and also i would stop and talk with the butcher i would talk to the barber i would talk to the people in the dry cleaners you name it the the the, the, the floors if they had a business i talked to them if they were standing on the street corner i talked to them i got to know them and it got to the point where people would actually bring people to me say this person need to join the army sergeant nelson they would bring people to me and i was the top recruiter of the year because i got out there and i made myself known and i sold the united states army to people so i use that same philosophy when it comes to ministry what made me a successful Army recruiter is I believed in what I was selling. I loved the United States Army. I was about 90 pounds lighter, and my uniform looked like it was perfectly painted on me. I kept, the, kept myself in shape. I had hair then, believe it or not, kept myself well groomed. And my wife would tell you I ate, slept, and breathed Army. And I was always professional. I did not allow people not to address me appropriately. Because that's how I was and when the Lord saved me it was easy for me to understand evangelism because it clicked them and go oh it's the same as being an army recruiter except you have the Bible you have the Word of God and you have God himself and his son that you're out selling and but you're not really selling you're giving life to people and also I used to carry my army bag. I used to have a big old presentation bag. We would go to homes to do the presentation. I kept my Bible in there and I would go to people's homes and I end up having a Bible study with them. I didn't know much about the Bible. But you know what? We would sit there and we would open up the word of God. I didn't know if I was talking about it right or not. And we would pray. And then it even got to the point where families would call me on the phone and say, Sergeant Nelson, could you pray for my child? Could you talk to my son? Because he's not listening to me. And when time for our church to add a a new addition onto it, I would carry a brown paper bag around. And you know what? People gave generously. They put it in that brown paper bag. And I brought that bag full of money and gave it to my pastor. And he said, you did this? He said, how did you do this? I said, I just asked him to give. And they did they gave generously to to God's plan and so doing ministry Was never about being embarrassed or not being equipped enough to do it. It was all about for me love It was a love thing and I want I wanted everybody I wanted everybody to love the same Jesus that I loved because he Excuse me. Love me. Okay, Matthew, come on over and just begin to shake this thing. I'm going to need you after all. So Eric Anderson is a systematic way to do the same work Lord Jesus did during his ministry. I want to ask you a question. How did Lord Jesus do ministry? He lived
1: amongst the people. Say that again. He lived amongst the people.
0: You betcha. You. Did they find him often in the synagogues? Yes, on Saturdays they did. But what happened the rest of the days of the week? Where was he?
1: Well see, he, did, he, he only, did work on Saturday. He rested the rest of the
0: week. No, the rest of the week he worked uh-huh. on Saturday, he rested. You had it backwards. Okay. Okay. He healed people. He did what? What else did he do?
1: He went to weddings. Did,
0: did he wait the people come to him?
1: Yeah. No. He
0: no, he went to the people. people. Now this is God's son. If anybody had a right to sit and wait people to come to him, it would have been him But that's not the way he he's seen it He had a new message for the world He had a love for the world that the world needed to hear and receive God himself and if you notice in all of the Gospels when it talked about Jesus He did not go preaching about himself necessarily. Who did he preach about? God his father And that's the message he took to Israel, and that's the message they killed him for. Yes, sir. At the young age when he said that he was about his brothers. At the age of 12 in the temple, after Passover, mom and dad thought, his earthly father, Joe, thought he had gone ahead with the crowd couple of days in front of him when in fact when they caught up with him he was not there and they freaked out so they had to turn matter of fact the scripture said they stayed there searching for him for a day or two then they turned back on the two days journey and went back to Jerusalem and found him in the temple and Mary well, she was like why did you do this to us and he turned around and said don't you know I must be about my father's business, business? And she shut up and left him alone because she of all people knew and Joseph knew why this child was here on earth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why are you on earth then? For the same purpose, because that same Jesus, about 20 years, no, about 18 years into the future, 18, 19 years, would say to an old man by the name of Nicodemus, He said, you must be born again from where? From above. In other words, now you have a new life, a new purpose. And then he would later tell us through the apostles what our purpose is. And that's to serve God. Okay? Not ourselves, not to have the fancy house and the two-car garage, right? With the picket fence and a $100,000 job. Your purpose is to serve God, and God alone. Okay, so for example, when he visited the area of Magdala, Magdala was on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. If you would go uh, probably a nine o'clock position, if you're looking at a clock, nine o'clock would be Magdala, right below the place called Tiberius, where King Herod had built this new headquarters okay on the western shore of the sea of galilee he met a woman who had seven demons in her and he cast them out this woman is known in scripture as mary magdalene why because she was from magdala mary magdalene the same one that would cling to jesus at his resurrection okay uh Give you a kind of hint and I'll move on with it. A little sidebar teachings. One of the famous things that Magdala was famous for was making millstones. Millstones, where they would crush wheat and stuff, grind it up. And that was in that context that Jesus said, It's better that you had a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the sea than to offend one of these what? little ones. The disciples understood that because they knew what was made in Magdala. Okay, they they catch that. All right. Interestingly, Magdala was also known for manufacturing millstones, which I just told you. And then let's drop on down a little further. As you can see, Jesus knew his area and the people who lived there very well. So he, in, and oftentimes in his sermons, he would include something from their geographical location, meaning he knew the people and what they did. Okay. So part of your job is to go into your sector that's been assigned to you. I can tell you right now, in the southwest sector of High Spring is High Spring Industrial Park. And you have two big businesses over there, and both of them sell windows and doors. Okay? Now, if we go down that same area, you'll be on the road called Pulse Springs Road. All right? Now, at the intersection of Pull Spring Road and 27, sets a gas station. A lot of people stop at that gas station. They don't have to be from High Springs in order for you to go and tell them and share the Word of God with them, especially during the spring and the summer, right? Why? Because they're coming and going to the Springs. Springs, that's a wide open market. Whoever got that section, you got traffic going and coming. Okay? Now, Matthew, scroll it up a little bit. All right, easy. So, the Lord, by the Holy Ghost one day, I actually wrote this plan for First Baptist Church when I was one of the pastors there. I spent a couple of months writing it. And devising it, going out to the places, making sure I had everything in detail. And you know what the pastor did? He took it and put it in his desk drawer and never looked at it again. And so, but about a month ago, the Holy Ghost told me pull it out of mothballs and give it to you. And so, as you see, the the city is divided into four sectors. Northeast evangelism team, the Northwest evangelism team, Southeast evangelism team, and South, did I say Southeast and Southwest? I got my locations mixed up there. Now, what does that mean? Get
1: your people
0: mixed up too. Did I?
1: Maybe. I don't think so. Well, I live in the southwest instead of
0: the southeast. It's okay. Allie lives
1: in the southeast. Just, just wonder. It's okay.
0: doesn't now, matter. Nah, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if y'all want to switch and get your own sector, talk to the other person and swap out. But I, I say to you, the labor is still going to be the same. In your section of town, you have the pipe plant, you also have a brand new church by the pipe plant. You have, you have Warehouse Gym right around the corner. And right down the road there, you have the boat place. I'm just saying where you live.
1: Right, that's that's
0: right. But it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. But those of you that in the north, northeast section, that's Winn-Dixie. You got the Santa Fe River. Okay? And you got...
1: Neighborhood.
0: <laughs> right, I was getting ready to come back. You got First Baptist Church there. Here's the sad indictment. The largest church in the western part of the county, don't even know half the people around it. But you need to know them. <coughs> Go to the neighborhood. Eat lunch at Subway. A lot of people come in the subway, get to know the workers. Go to those neighborhoods. The shortcut going back out to 27 to your house cuts right through that neighborhood. So a lot of folks in there, both black and white, live in that neighborhood. Then when you get in the other section of town, the northwest section, that's going towards what? You. No. If you're in the west, yeah, going towards Fort White, that's north-northwest on that side if you go over. Um, Scroll up to the next page, Matthew. Did you? What page are you Yeah, slow down. I want to go to page two. I was trying to find some up-to-date maps. You can actually Google and get get an up-to-date map. I think the Chamber of Commerce may even have a map that you can look at. And uh, team leaders are encouraged to review the map of their assigned area and select a specific community they will conduct the area canvassing. Target specific neighborhoods and do them one at a time. Go and greet all the people. Uh, Sucks. Take them a bag of bread. That's something we get four times a week. Many I mean, the teams did that one night in a new neighborhood on the side of fellowship. We got out and we took quite a bit of bread, knocked on doors and said, Here you are, welcome to the neighborhood. Okay, and had the ministry information in the bag of bread. And some of the guys, some, some people wouldn't open the door, but some folks, they even talked to them, was very nice to them, and said they had just moved up from Miami and they, and they appreciated the gift. And so We can buy some. That's the easy thing.
1: I know they have free free ones online you can print out. You just have to download them.
0: That's a mission, you can come here and do it. You're the team leader. What
1: about our business cards that you gave?
0: We had a few you gave us, but We some some new ones are being printed right now by Brother Ron. And
1: we can leave
0: with mm-hmm. And you can even print your own. Come in here and I'll, I'll put your name on them and print them out. Okay? So you can have your own name so they have personal contact. You. You, knew, you need to be that person's point of contact to this ministry. All right? There's nothing worse than you going to a new ministry and you don't know anybody. But if you have gone to that person's house or a place of employment and you friend, befriended that person and you know them, And you say, meet me at church on Sunday, and you walk in with them. That's what Mr. Andrew Ox did with me when I was 23 years old, 33 years ago. That's
1: how
0: I ended up at Forest Grove. Okay. Because I knew you. God be the glory. And so that's, especially when you can walk in a place and know somebody, so you have someone that you can identify with. All right? So if possible, conduct a drive through of the community so that you'll be familiar with the location and layout. You know, do what we used to call in the Army, if at all possible, do a dry run, okay? Drive through there before you go and do your ministry Ministry there. In the Army, we call that reconnaissance, <laughs> <laughs> all right? Here we call it drive-by or drive-throughs. We're in the Lord's
1: Army.
0: There you go. And then uh, uh, the High Spring community no longer consists of whites and African-American but other ethnic groups as well. Um, Dick and Amelia, Matthew, you're not paying attention. Matthew, you're not paying attention. Um, Dick and Amelia, you're, for as I know, the only spe- Spanish-speaking person in here. Um, this is going to be important. You may be called upon to visit other teams if they come across a Hispanic family. And I'm encouraging that, that your sister Vicky come, if, if she come across a... Let me tell you, um, I didn't finish that statement, but if you go to the High Springs Civic Center at night, you're going to come across a group of Hispanic families out there playing soccer. And let me tell you, and that's what I had in mind for you, if we'd have gotten that building next, next to it, that was going to be your ministry is to reach those people, because I can't speak Spanish. At that part? At that part, yes, sir. Now, there's a new bank teller at the bank down here, Marist Bank. She's from Munich. She speaks fluent German. Guess what she and I was doing at the bank teller today? Yeah, and everybody was looking I don't know if you're aware I speak German fluently, and read German, and write German. And so, uh, and she was just, well, she was just glowed up. On, Yeah, in fact, I got a German Bible up there. I'm going to go and say, hey, look, you know, we need to talk about God. Okay. Thus said God. (laughs) G-O-T-T. That's God in German. Um, Moving right along. So we need to remember that a large population of Hispanics are here. So we need to, Deke, you can talk to me, you and Miss Vicky later, about uh, how we can devise a plan to reach them especially tomorrow if they're in your area. You love to cook. And from my understanding, they love food. Take them a dish. Okay? Um, Therefore, it is the intent of the church to reach all ethnic groups with the gospel. Whenever visiting an area that has a large Hispanic population, someone on the team should be fluent in Spanish. To include speaking, reading, and writing, as well as having a good understanding of the Hispanic culture. I don't know anybody, but my arm is going that way. I don't read Hispanic. That's all right, but you can speak it. Matthew, pay attention. Scroll it up so you can put the bottom paragraph to the top. There you go. Uh... Once the selection process has been completed, it's now time to coordinate resources to to be used. That's one of the things you were talking about, Tamara. Uh, Establish date and time for the Area Canvas submission. All right, scroll up, Matthew, to the next page. Once church leadership has given approval, coordinate with other staff members to ensure members of Area Canvas and teams are not committing with their ministry at the same time they're committing to conduct area canvassing what does that mean
1: are you gonna have it on tuesday
0: nights right don't do it on tuesday nights when you're supposed to be a bible study or on youth night well if your if your team is not participating in youth night so why not go out on youth night on thursday nights right and definitely don't run into miss vicky uh choir rehearsal time on monday nights okay but if your team is not involved in choir rehearsal then Schedule it. Find out what's convenient for you all. And Don and Chuck, you're welcome to come and join any of these teams. My whole
1: team is in the praise and
0: worship. I think Belinda's part of Shelly's team. Shelly and and, and. <laughs> but Shelly Shelly is a director of a team, and Belinda is part of her team. So I think you the director of all of the transport Oh, that's right. You have all four directors, don't you? Yeah. I just called Dick. I'm just I'm slow. Yeah. God Got that. All right. The purpose of this is to coordinate transportation and any other resources for the area canvassing uh, mission. Prayer is essential to every ministry. King Solomon, under anointing of the Holy Spirit, wrote, "Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established." Very important. Tell God what you want to do. Ask him to bless it in Jesus' name and watch him go and do it. Okay. Um, We're to give this this glorious gift of evangelism back to God so that he will give us the wisdom to use when we're out ever canvassing and do this through prayer before we begin any ministry. Team leaders need to have a cell phone in case of an emergency. If all else fails, come get mine. And again, I may go out with you, and I am gonna go out with you, cause I wanna, I can't go out with everybody at the same time, but I would definitely love to go out with you on your f- first run, okay? All right. No pressure, no pressure. No pressure, I mean, I don't have to go out, but <laughs> I just wanna see. Uh, call nine one one for ambulance, fire, or law enforcement assistant. Scroll up, Matthew. I'm going to go a little bit faster. Is everybody understanding me so far? We good with this? Uh, evangelism is not for us to bring salvation to anyone. You got that? You can't make people be saved. So pay attention to the next part. That's God's job through his son, Jesus. Remember the words of Jesus. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. That's in John 6, 44. We're to present the gospel message in a non-confrontational manner. Non-confrontational manner. Do not argue with people over the gospel. That's not gonna get them saved. So we okay. it to
1: be like John the Baptist?
0: I mean, there's a rare occasion where the Spirit may lead you to get in someone's face. I've done that before, but let me tell you, you got to be very careful, okay? Uh, and so, let the Holy Spirit convict that person of sin, John sixteen eight. That's the work of the Spirit, to convict people of sin. Uh, there really is no foolproof method of doing evangelism. How I may go across to someone may not be the way you would come across to him. All right. There were 12 apostles. So that meant there were 12 different methods. All right. So what I do may not work for your personality. Here are some simple steps to follow. Listen to the Holy Spirit and let him tell you how to deliver his message of salvation. Sometimes he will allow us to share our personal testimony and other times he just want us to listen. Sometimes people have learned uh, been given misconceptions about the gospel, about salvation, about Lord Jesus, about the church. And sometimes all they want you to do is listen. And as you listen, you're asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom to understand what they're telling you. And then very graciously, if there's some issues to be you know, uh, expounded upon, take your time with a very compassionate heart. So I understand, however, the scripture says this, okay? And be loving and gentle with them. But I cannot see one case in Jesus' ministry where he got in people's face other than the religious leaders who was always in his. But common people, I can't see one case where he got in their face and said, "You better accept me right now." Okay. Well, actually, he did, Donna. After feeding of the five thousand, he went to Capernaum when he gave the, his teaching on the bread of life—that he, he's the bread, the bread of life that came down from heaven. Uh, And they came just because that he had fed them and uh, That's a whole new new teaching Okay The other thing here one key factor to remember when meeting someone for the first time don't always assume everyone is lost Because you're going to come across some saved people Okay And just because they don't want to listen to what you have to say don't mean they're going to hell. All right? Listen carefully to their comments, stories, and statements because they may just want us to listen, pray, or encourage them. In some of these visits, you're going to see God do real live miracles before you because the same Holy Ghost that lives in me lives in you. And he may use you to heal someone. He may use you to cast a demon out of someone. Who knows what the Holy Ghost is going to do with you in Jesus' name. Okay, next page, Matthew. Thank you, you, brother. Another important fact to remember, we're going to meet people who have never heard of Jesus and who may feel intimidated or angry that we have come to tell them that they need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. When you meet a person like that, be sympathetic and understanding and be gentle and spoon-feed them. And if you have to come back another day, get permission. Say, is it okay if I come back and visit you another time? And if you have any questions, here's my number, or you can email me. Per- try not to give me a personal phone number if possible, unless you feel comfortable with it. Okay? But most, in most cases, give him the church number and address. How can you the well, over time, once you the person gets saved, that's what I mean. And, or they say, okay, I want to come to your church. Then you you feel okay that you've established a relationship with that person in that respect, then.
1: Like a Christian
0: sponsor. Right, like a Christian sponsor, exactly. Very good. And there I was for the first time, I think, used the word exactly. All right. When the Holy Spirit presents the opportunity for us to share the gospel, be prepared to share your personal testimony. People have a tendency to relate to and respond to personal stories better than a Bible passage that they have never heard before. Uh, we're not telling you not to use the Bible. We're telling you people, for some reason, human nature, if they see that you were this hell raised at one point and Jesus saved you, and now you're this loving, kind person that now a very altruistic person that's doing wonderful things for people because Jesus has now transformed your life. So you tell them what the old was and you tell them what the new is. Okay. And I can teach you how to give your personal testimony in two minutes. Pretty simple. All right. Um, Keep the word close because the Holy Spirit is not going to work without it. Again, he uses your personal testimony in in conjunction with the word. All right. You may present the word from your heart or read it directly from your Bible. I, and I realize, and I'm not bragging on me by no means, I realize not everybody can quote passages of scriptures. So if you want to have your Bible handy, that's cool. And it actually it's really better to have it with you. But if you just haven't received one of those moments of opportunity where the Spirit just opened that door for you to witness to someone and you don't have your Bible with you, do the best you can. And he's going to give you what you need at that moment from your heart. Okay? Uh, Personal testimonies are effective because they help your prospects see what God has done in your life. The testimony should always give glory to God and exalt Jesus Christ our Lord. It should never be about you. It should always focus on them. Okay? Scroll it up, Matthew. Ah. Okay, you didn't scroll. Hey, hey. Okay, where are you, son? You have lost me completely.
1: You're
0: about two lines down, more generally. Okay. all
1: right,
0: thank you. I uh, Say where you are. Generally, your testimony should be two minutes or less. What should you include in your testimony? If at all possible, your testimony should include the following. What was your life like before your conversion? Other before you got saved? The date of your conversion? Lord knows, I can't remember my date. I know it was in November 1983. No, December 1983. I can't tell you uh, the specific date. Uh, persons involved for me was Andrew Ox. Um, what is your life like now that Jesus is the Lord of your life? I'm your pastor. <laughs> My life has changed gloriously by Christ. I was a young, out-of-control Army sergeant who life with plague, wealth, premarital sex, alcohol, and arrogance. That was me. Uh, however, in December 1983, as an Army recruit in Hagerstown, Maryland, an elderly gentleman by the name of Andrew Ox, saw my picture. Matthew, pay attention. Matthew, scroll up. Go back to there. Scroll up. Stop. Uh, So you saw my picture in the local newspaper, Mr. Ox then called and welcomed me to Hagerstown. Uh, Mr. Ox visited me a few days later and invited me to the Harvest Baptist Church. The father and son, I met Mr. Ox at church where God introduced me to his son, Jesus. At the end of the service, the Holy Spirit helped me to invite Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Matthew, I'm going to, Matthew, please put the paper away and stop making uh, airplanes and pay attention. Three months later, I married my beautiful fiancee, Belinda Moore, and that was 33 years ago. I am now a pastor who's in love with my Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty simple testimony, isn't it? After sharing our personal testimony with our prospect, ask open-ended questions that will cause him or her to think through their answer. What part of my testimony did you understand? That's an open-ended question. There's another way. What part of it touched your heart? Another open-ended question. This creates an open door for us to go deeper into our gospel presentation, whether we're using the Romans Road Method, which I can teach you in Romans chapter uh, 10, or the four spiritual laws, which is John 3.16. And some of you even may want to carry this old baby here. Donna, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Miss Vicki, you and all your contraptions over here. I used to have the miniature size ones. I have
1: the miniature one in my desk at work. Oh, so you know!
0: God bless you. This is called the Cube, And I'm gonna take one Sunday afternoon to take about five minutes to teach you all how to use it. It's very simple, very easy. I taught the youth how to do it and they they were uh, elated. I mean, can I do it again, can I do it again? So it's a lot of fun once you really know how to use it. Uh, i thought we a get the smaller ones. We'll order some smaller ones. Make a note for us to do that. Somebody, please. I don't know if too many people would accept it if we go to walk into their door with this bulky thing. It's a different. Yes, it's a little bulky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, there are pocket-sized ones oh, yeah. that, that we can order. It's
1: about that tall and about that big around.
0: Yeah, very, very good. They even have them on an uh, ink pen that pulls out. But I like the cue part better. Okay, uh, again, it, it creates some some questions, ideas to present the gospel in a non-threatening manner. In the event prospects are not at home, leave welcome packets on doors with a church contact number. Scroll up, Matthew. In many ways, High Springs is like some of the villages and towns Jesus visited during his ministry. Everything is basically spread out with mostly unimproved or unpaid roads. All right? And then it tells you businesses are closely together and easily accessible, and homes and farms can be reached from most major thoroughways such as U.S. Highway 441 or Santa Fe Boulevard, State Road 27 and 41. That's the road I live off of or if you're going Miss Miss them 27 that way. And County Road 236 that's going by Hardee's and 340, which is Post Spring Road. Most businesses are located along North Main Street, intersecting with State Road 27, that's right there, at this traffic light. And Highway, uh, U.S. Highway 441 Corridor, that's, that's Hardee's. High Springs Community School is located in the northern area of town on northeast 10th Boulevard off County Road 236, approximately one half mile from the intersection of US Highway 441. Did I do my homework? And State Road 41. There are a few businesses located in the vicinity of the school. There is a complex there where a bunch, there's some lawyers that have businesses in in those offices there. Scroll up, Matthew. Good. High Springs is one of the fastest growing small towns in the state of Florida. The demographic makeup consists of multi-ethnic cultures with neighborhoods connecting with downtown Main Street and spanning to the vast agricultural regions surrounding our communities. Um, Newly developed uh, communities are on the rise with most located off the main thoroughfares. The most populated areas are near Main Street and State Road 41 and 27. There are two major recreational facilities located off US Highway 441 near the Civic Center and down from the feed plant. So that in a nutshell, it gives you an overview of what you have to do. Any questions? Unless you want me to pull out the next 15 pages. I don't really? think you do. <laughs> yeah. Don't you do that. Got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> uh, anyway, Katie. How's Katie doing? Good. Okay. I want to come visit Katie. Hopefully tomorrow. Because I got to go into town. I would love to have Katie come to this church with you and Chuck. These ladies love wrapping their arms around new people. They will love you with the heart of Christ. We want more people that's gonna love people. Okay? So, mm-hmm. everybody ready to go to work? Shelly, Mr. Rector, what section you have?
1: Northwest.
0: You may wanna change from Northwest to Southwest. Mm-hmm. Who else Southwest? I do. You wanna change with Shelley?
1: I was thinking, that or southeast? It doesn't matter, because southeast is where I live. Southeast.
0: Who who got southeast, Miss Marie? Switch with Miss Marie. Okay. Shelley, you have your own area where you live, right? Are you I Southwest?
1: By, I have out by Harvey.
0: You Northwest?
1: Yeah. I'm Northeast.
0: And you're Northeast. You got over by Hardee's.
1: Well, and all these.
0: Yeah, all these little neighborhoods. And so, all right. I'm okay if you all want to switch and get the areas that you live in. Okay? I'm okay with that. Now, here's the question. On January 1st, I want you to be ready to go.
1: Can I recruit um, two, two of your boys or worries <laughs> <easy. laughs> and
0: You got to talk to them.
1: Okay.
0: January 1st is the start date. All in agreement? Yep. Come on, Ms. Vicky, raise your hand.
1: What do you mean? You go out on January 1st? On
0: January 1st, you start working the plan.
1: We can start on the second and hey, to-
0: listen you got what 45 days that's more than enough time to get prepared you know what the Lord did me the same week he saved me he had me out telling people about him the same week of salvation the same week
1: and here we've been under your teaching for at least two years <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. No time to hesitate now. It's time to go to work. All right. All hearts and mind clear? Good. Tell her, will you close us in prayer? Please do so. Yeah, you
1: gave Father. You know, maybe thank you for what you have heard and thank you for how Sam had blessed us and blessed the kids and then it's about to go work toward God and then keep praying like Yahweh.